Hi, my name is Randy, and I will be your host for this episode of Infotainment. I will be your round mound of podcast sound, pound for pound, the best podcast around. Well, at 90 years old, William Shatner finally made it to space, listened to his words as he is a weightless description can equal this weightlessness. This is nuts! Oh my God. <laughs> this is us? Oh, wow. Oh, I'm telling you. Holy hell. Oh my goodness me. Oh, wow. I can't believe this. I guess now you can call Captain Kirk the real rocket man. I'm truly proud once again to present my rocket man as interpreted by our host, William Shatner. Thank you. She packed my bags last night, pre-flight, zero hour, 9 a.m. And I'm going to be high. As a kite by then. Oh, miss the earth so much. I miss my wife. such a time and I think it's going to be a long long time the touchdown brings me back again to find I'm not the man they think I am back home oh no 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 I'm a rocket man Rocket man, burning out his fumes out here alone. I think it's gonna be a long, long time till Touchdown bring me round again and find I'm not the man they think I am at home. Oh no, no, no! I'm a rocket man. Rocket man. Burning out his fuse out here alone. Mars ain't the kind of place to raise a kid. In fact, it's cold as hell. And there's no one there to raise them. If you did, It's just a job. Five days a week. Rocket man. A rocket man. 
think it's going to be a long, long time. The touchdown brings me around again to find I'm not the man they think I am at home. Oh, no. No, no. I'm a rocket man. Rocket man burning out his fumes out here. Hello. And I think it's going to be a long, long time. The touchdown brings me around again to find I'm not the man they think I am at home. Oh, no, no, no. I'm a rocket man. Rocket man burning out his fuse out here alone. And I think it's going to be a long, long time. And I think it's going to be a long, long time. And I think it's going to be a long, long time. And I think it's going to be a long, long time. And I think it's going to be a long, long time. When William Shatner was talking with Jeff Bezos, describing his situation of his space flight, he was moved to tears. He actually hugged him. I thought uh, Shatner and Bezos were going to have a brogasm there for a second. They didn't kiss, but I thought it was... <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's got to be amazing, the, the feeling of weightlessness. I mean, uh, now it's time. I mean, somebody, uh, I guess it would be Elon this time, not uh, get him aboard the space station for a while. <laughs> I mean, he's 90. What the hell? Here is a little clip of William Shatner describing his space flight to Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Everybody in the world needs to be. Everybody needs to see the, uh, it's unbelievable, unbelievable. I mean, you know, the, the little things of weightlessness, but to see the blue cover go whip by, and now you're staring into black. That's the thing. The covering of blue, this the sheet, this blanket, this com this comforter of blue that we have around. We think, oh, that's blue sky, and then suddenly you shoot through it all of a sudden, as though you whip off a sheet off you when you're asleep, and you're looking into blackness, into black ugliness, and you look down, and there's the blue down there, and the black up there, and it's it's just there is mother and earth and comfort and there's is there death i don't know what is that death is that the way death is Whoop! and it's gone chase it was so moving to me this experience has been something unbelievable you see yeah you know uh weightless my stomach went up and I, this is so weird but not as weird as the covering of blue. This is what I never expected. Oh, it's one thing to say, oh, the sky and the thing and the fragile thing. It's all true. But what isn't true, what, what is unknown, 
until you do it, is there's this pillow, there's this soft blue. Look at the beauty of that color. And it's so thin. And you're through it in an instant. It's one of how 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 thick is it? We know. I mean, the is it a mile? Two no, miles? I mean, it's, I mean, it depends on how you measure because it thins out, but maybe 50 miles. But even. you're going yeah. 2,000 miles an hour. So you're through 50 miles of whatever the mathematics are. Fast. Was. Yeah. Really you know, fast. it's like a beat and a beat, and suddenly you're through the blue. And, then and you're into black. And you're into, you know, it's, uh, it's mysterious and galaxies and things. But what you see is black. And what you see down there is light. And that's the difference. And not to have this, you have done something. I mean, whatever those other guys are doing, what it, what isn't, they don't, I don't know about that. What you have given me is the most profound experience I can imagine. I know it wasn't the greatest audio of him, but there were some other excited uh, passengers uh, whooping it up in the background there. But he does, uh, his voice gets a little stronger there towards the end. But it sounds like a very moving experience. If I were to do that, which will never happen, uh, I, I'd most be worried about shitting my spacesuit, basically. <laughs> but I would like to see the transfer from seeing the light and then just being in black. And uh, that sounds like the highlight of what William Shatner saw. So, and then you look down and you see the color and amazing. Well, there you have it, folks. William Shatner shot into space. You talk about going to space. What about space coming to you? I have this story. A meteorite landed inches away from a woman's pillow as she slept. A Canadian woman was woken up by a meteorite on October 3rd, which crashed through her roof. Ruth Hamilton saw a smoking space rock inches away from her head. Ooh, a little bit scary there. According to... The Canadian Broadcasting Company News, experts at Western University in London, Ontario, confirmed that the rock was a meteorite. Ruth Hamilton was woken up by the cosmic crash on October 3rd when a meteorite blazed through her roof and landed on her pillow inches away from her face. The woman who lives in Golden, British Columbia, Hamilton told CBC, she was woken up by her dog barking. The next thing was just a huge explosion and debris all over my face, Hamilton told CBC. I jumped out of bed and turned on the lights. I didn't know what else to do, so I called 911. Hamilton said in a daze, she rolled back one of the two pillows she had been sleeping on, and in between them was the meteorite. Other photos in CBC's report show Hamilton's roof with a hole pierced through it. Luckily, it didn't uh, burn down her house. Uh, looking at it here, I see a picture of it, and it kind of looks like uh, three-quarters of a black brick. Jeez. Uh, 
According to the report, Hamilton was not sure if there was any rock blasting ongoing in the mountains near her, but authorities confirmed none occurred that night. Hamilton then turned the rock over to a team of specialists at Western University in London, Ontario, who was able to confirm that it was, in fact, a meteorite. A similar incident occurred last year in Indonesia when a meteorite crashed through a local villager's roof. According to the report, Hamilton kept mum at first after the incident. She told the CBC that she plans to keep the galactic gift after the researchers are done analyzing it, if possible. I wonder if she would have survived if she got a uh, direct hit on the noggin with that one. I doubt it, but I don't know how hard. Well, maybe the coming through the house kind of slowed her down, but uh, (laughs) man. Well, let's roll on and uh, keep going with this space theme I have for this uh, episode. I have the top 10 strangest things in space, uh, antimatter, and like Superman's alter ego, Bizarro, the particles making up normal matter also have opposite versions of themselves. An electron has a negative charge, for example, but its antimatter equivalent, the positron, is positive. Matter and antimatter annihilate each other when they collide, and their mass is converted into pure energy by Einstein's equation, E equals mc squared. Some futuristic spacecraft designs incorporate incorporate antimatter engines. Many black holes. If a radical new uh, brain world theory of gravity is correct, Uh, uh, then scattered throughout the solar system are thousands of tiny black holes, each about the size of an atomic nucleus. Unlike their larger brethren, these many black holes are primordial, leftovers from the Big Bang, and affect space-time differently because of their close association with the fifth dimension. Cosmic Microwave Background Also known as the CMB, this radiation is a primordial leftover from the Big Bang that birthed the universe. Uh, It was first detected during the 1960s as a radio noise that seemed to emanate from everywhere in space. The CMB is regarded as one of the best pieces of evidence for the theoretical Big Bang. Well, I know uh, a lot of Christians will disagree with this. Recent precise measurements by the WMAP project place, the CMB temperature at minus 455 degrees Fahrenheit, minus 270 degrees Celsius. Dark matter. Scientists think it makes up the bulk of matter in the universe. 
but it can neither be seen nor detected directly using current technologies. Candidates range from lightweight neutrinos to invisible black holes. Some scientists question whether dark matter is even real and suggest that the mysteries it was conjured to solve could be explained by a better understanding of gravity. Exoplanets. Until about the early 1990s, the only known planets in the universe were the familiar ones in our solar system. Astronomers have since identified more than 500 extrasolar planets as of November 2010. They range from gargantuan gas worlds, where masses are just shy of being stars, to small, rocky ones orbiting uh, dim red dwarfs. Searches for a second Earth, however, are still ongoing. Astronomers generally believe that better technology is likely to eventually reveal worlds similar to our own. Don't we have a Voyager, old Voyager thing that's zoomed out of our solar system? That's still sending back information. Uh, I'm not sure on that. I heard that uh, long ago. Gravity waves. Gravity waves are distortions in the fabric of space-time predicted by Albert Einstein's theory of general relativity. The gravitational waves travel at the speed of light but they are so weak that scientists expect to detect only those created during colossal cosmic events, such as black hole mergers, like the one shown above. And looking at it, it looks like a kaleidoscope. Actually, <laughs> LIGO and USA are two detectors designed to spot the elusive waves. Oh, and Lisa, not USA. Uh, I'm kind of reading this, looking partially through my uh, pop filter. There you go. Galactic cannibalism. Like life on Earth, galaxies can eat each other and evolve over time. The Milky Way's neighbor, Andromeda, is currently dining on one of its satellites. More than a dozen star clusters are scattered throughout Andromeda, the cosmic remains of past meals. The image above is from a simulation of Andromeda and our galaxy colliding, an event that will take place in about 3 billion years. Does show look like it's going to collide eventually. I doubt that I'll be alive then. Neutrinos. Neutrinos are electrically neutral, virtually massless elementary particles that can pass through miles of lead unhindered. Some are passing through our body. As you read this, these phantom particles are produced in the inner fires of burning. Healthy stars as well as the Supernova explosions of dying stars. Detectors are being em embedded 
underground beneath the sea or into a large chunk of ice as part of Ice Cube, a neutrino detecting project. Quasars. These bright beacons shine to us from the edge of the visible universe and are reminders to scientists of our universe's chaotic infancy. Quasars release more energy than hundreds of galaxies combined. The general consensus is that they uh, are monstrous black holes. There was no space there. In uh, the hearts of distant galaxies. And there's an image of it, and it looks rather large. Ectoplasm. <laughs> The image is a quasar 3C273 photographed in 79. Vacuum energy. Quantum physics tells us that contrary to appearances, empty space is a bubbling brew of virtual subatomic particles that are constantly being created and destroyed. The fleeting particles endow every cubic centimeter of space with a certain energy that, according to general relativity, produces an anti-gravitational force that pushes space apart. Nobody knows what's really causing the accelerated expansion of the universe, however. And there you have it, 10 most strange things of space. I do have another story about the 10 worst places to live in the universe. Recently, we told you about an exoplanet that rains glass sideways. I've never heard of this one, which got us thinking, we will never complain about the weather here on Earth again, and surely that's got to be the worst place to live in the entire universe. But no, with the help of NASA and Kepler astronomers, and a couple of uh, physicists, we found nine additional wildly inhospitable planets. Of course, you wouldn't survive too well anywhere in the universe that isn't Earth. But these places would be particularly awful places with conditions well matched to Dante's visions of hell. As physicist Steve Tufty describes one of the planets. Check out the most miserable planets in the universe. Venus. Venus is very close to Earth in distance, between 24 and 162 million miles away. And its size. It's about 95% of Earth's size, and prior to the 20th century, scientists thought it could be home to life. In reality, a physicist, Steve Tuft, uh, put it, Venus has conditions well-matched to visions of hell. The planet has more volcanoes than any other planet in our solar system, and much of its surface is covered in lava. The surface pressure is equivalent to being more than half a mile underwater, which would triple the deepest dive ever, and its temperature averages more than 730K, 
hot enough to melt lead. On top of all that, the planet is surrounded by a thick cloud of sulfuric acid, which would really, uh, really suck. And its atmosphere is 96% carbon dioxide. Conditions on Venus are hypothesized to be a direct result of a runaway greenhouse effect in which the self-regulating carbon cycle spirals out of control. Billions of years ago, scientists believe temperatures rose enough on Venus that water evaporated. Water vapor is a greenhouse gas, and so as much and so as more water evaporated, the planet only got hotter. Once a certain threshold was broken, it became a runaway effect where the self-regulating system fails. The result is a dreadful uh, conditions for life we see on Venus today. Uh, Corot 7B, C-O-R-O-T dash 7B. I haven't heard of that. When it rains on Karat 7B, it rains rocks. Enough said. Well, it gets worse. Karat 7B, which is 489 light years from Earth and about 1.5 times our size, it is estimated to be around uh, 2,800 uh, K. That's 4,580 degrees. Oh, uh, I guess swimsuit weather there. The exoplanet is so close to its star that uh, its year only lasts 20 hours on Earth, and its surface probably a welcoming mixture of volcanoes, lava, and rocks. Okay, enough said. Uh, T-R-E-S-2B. This planet is about 750 light years away and is basically a demon planet. Oh, that sounds like the uh, vacation spot of a lifetime. Not much is known about it, aside from the fact that it is the darkest exoplanet discovered to date, blacker than coal. It reflects less than 1% of light. Astronomers aren't entirely sure what accounts for the darkness, but it could be that it lacks reflective clouds or has high light-absorbing chemicals in its atmosphere. The fact that it's so dark doesn't mean it's cold, though. In fact, what little light it does emit has a faint red glow, like a hot electric stove, and its temperature is estimated to be uh, 1,255 K, uh, 1,800 degrees Fahrenheit. Better get out your sunscreen for some of these planets. Uh, well, we have a WASP 12B. Uh, 1,100 light years from Earth, is being slowly pulled apart by its star. In fact, its orbit's uh, so close that its tidal uh, forces 
are pulling away its upper atmosphere at a rate of nearly 200 quadrillion tons each year, turning it into an egg-shaped uh, ball of super-hot carbon. Planetary scientist James Lesueur, uh, uh suspects that deep below the turbulent shield, this uh, Jupiter-sized planet might contain rocks made of graphite or even diamonds. Well, for your diamond hunters, I, it's uh, a ways out there to go looking. <laughs> I don't think they'll put a Harold or whatever jewelry store is the most popular right now up there. Let's see what's next. Uh, Kepler 16b. Watching a sunset on this cold Saturn-sized gas giant 200 light years away from our solar system, you might think that you were seeing double. That's because every 229 days, Kepler 16b orbits two stars. But this uh, tattooing-like planet is far less hospitable than its oasis like relative of star wars fame uh, tatooine is that all that's pronounced at 120 degrees uh minus 120 degrees fahrenheit it's too cold to su sustain life but research done last year suggests that one of its moons uh, if it even has one, it could be capable of maintaining an Earth-like atmosphere. Let's see. Kepler 10b. If you spend the night on Kepler 10b, 560 light years away, you'd wake up a year older. Uh, that's because uh, 2,800 degrees Fahrenheit planet orbits its star every 20 hours. This rocky super-Earth, so-called because it's about 1.4 times the size of our little blue marble and nearly five times as dense, is thought to have a surface of molten lava hot enough to melt iron. Oh boy, this uh, this is a good one. <laughs> what the, what they name these places? C F B D S I R twenty one forty nine. No, it's not S I R I. Uh, not Siri. Discovered in late two thousand twelve, a hundred light years away. It's just a sad planet. Its story is even sadder than Pluto's. First, its name, pure gobbledygook. <laughs> I agree with that. Uh, but, more, but much worse is the fact that scientists believe it to be either a broken dwarf or a rogue planet. If it's a brown dwarf, it means it was supposed to be a star, but failed. Due to a low mass, its core never got nuclear fusion going. <laughs> <coughs> In 
excuse me, if it's a rogue or orphan planet, it means that it formed as a normal planet around a star and was somehow ejected from its orbit and now roams the unforgiving universe. If that isn't enough to make it a poor place to settle down, it's estimated to be about 700K or about 800 degrees Fahrenheit. At least, I'm not going to run through the name of this planet again, can claim to be the most literal planet. The word planet comes from the Greek uh, planetes, which means wandering star. Let's see, Kepler-7b, nicknamed the Styrofoam planet. This ball of hot hydrogen and helium is 1.5 times bigger than Jupiter, but less than half of its mass. It also has an uh, albedo, not libido, albedo of 0.38, meaning it reflects so much light that the NASA scientists who discovered it thought they might have an error. Since we began finding exoplanets, we've started to realize just how much diversity is out there. Such said astrophysics research scientist Jean-Michael Desert, uh, Kepler, Michelle Johnson described the planet's blinding reflectivity and 2,800-degree Fahrenheit average surface, surface temperature as a disco inferno. But maybe uh, you're into that thing. <laughs> Kepler-13b. Living on Kepler-13b might uh, be most like walking around inside a kiln. According to NASA planetary scientist James Lasseur, except for the fact that there be nothing to walk on like other super Jupiters, as these large planets are known, Kepler-13b lacks a hard continuous uh, service, uh, surface. Instead, its layers are made up of hot, violently swirling layers of gas that bring its average temperature to 3,257K, more than 5,000 degrees Fahrenheit, making it one of the hottest exoplanets ever discovered. I think the beaches might be deserted there. Let's see. HD. High Definition 189773B, 63 light years away. Looks nice and Earth-like. Actually, it does in the picture uh, shown. But it's not. It's about uh, 1,270K on its surface, and it rains glass. I don't know how they, uh, sideways, it rains glass sideways. The blue color is thought to come from the silicate particles in the planet's atmosphere, which scatter blue light because of the planet's surface temperatures. 
the particles could condense to form glass. These glass grains could then fly around the planet's 4,000 mile per hour wind. Ouch. Now let's all just take a moment to relish uh, Earth's relatively moderate climate. Yeah. <laughs> Some of these planets are exoplanets are in the throes of uh, global warming <laughs> to an extreme. But I think now it's time to pop and drop this podcast like it's hot. And uh, for those of you uh, who would appreciate this program, uh, if you would like to make a donation to my cause here, you can do so at randyms12 at gmail.com uh, via PayPal. Now I think it is time to warp drive this podcast to the interwebs. You can check out my Facebook page. You can tweet my Twitters at Randy Podcaster. You can email me a comment at randyms12 at gmail.com. Question or concern about this show? Tell me you like it, dislike it, hate it, <laughs> whatever. But if it is good and say an under 10-minute read, I might read it over the air. But as always, have a pleasant day today and a happy ending tonight. Thank you.